Welcome into Championship Wednesday, everybody. Mike Steele along with Parker Thune here in the Buffalo Wild Wings studio. Hope your uh, Wednesday is going along just uh, just fine so far. Hopefully it's even better than that. Parker, how we doing? You ready for some championship softball tonight? Game one tonight. Game, game two is, one, Is yes. game two tomorrow night? Game two is tomorrow night, and that one would start at 6.30. We're 7 o'clock uh, tonight, and then, uh, if necessary, they would play game three on Friday. So we'll be done by Friday. Okay. There you go. Hmm. And uh, if Definitely. the play their game, they'll probably, you know, you would think, have it wrapped up by Thursday. But this is uh, this is a very good Florida State team. They played the Sooners earlier this year in Norman back in mid-March, and the Sooners won 5-4. to four. Alex Storacco started the game, got the win. Jordy Ball came in for three innings of relief, and the Sooners beat FSU 5-4 to four in that game. So here we go tonight, 7 o'clock ESPN, 51 in a row for Oklahoma, 59-1. If the Sooners get uh, the next two, they would finish the year as the national champions for the third straight year. Number seven overall for Patty Gasso. And they would finish the year on a 53-game winning streak and finish the season with a record of 61-1. and And they've got to be the greatest softball team in the history of softball if they do that. Would it matter if they go to a third game? If the Sooners, let's say... No. At this point, no. So they're still the greatest as long as they win the national championship. Now, I I don't consider the odds high that they have to go to a third game at this point, Steely. Yeah. I mean, they just I mean, Realistically, we're looking at a team that has simply found a way time after time after time this season. They found a way on Monday against Nigel Kennedy, who's maybe the best pitcher that they'll face in this entire tournament. They're on top of the world right now. The bats are hot. They're three deep with studs in the circle. This team feels impenetrable. Feels like the fortress that is OU softball is not going to be compromised. It's a special uh, program. It's a special group with the uh, best coach and the best roster in the country. And, look, I agree with you. I think Canada was going to be the best pitcher they've faced all year. Kat Sandercock's really good, All-American, one of the stars of women's college softball. They the Sooners the, sure remember her. I do think that, again, what did she pitch? A couple innings in that first matchup? Maybe a little over two in the first matchup that Oklahoma won 5-4. to four. Anyway, good program. Uh, Florida State, just like Oklahoma, they won all three games. The Sooners beat Stanford 2-zip, beat Tennessee by run rule. Uh, 9-zip, beat Stanford in nine innings, 4-2. to two. Florida State took care of business, run ruling uh, Oklahoma State in the first game and then beating Washington 3-1 to one, and then beating a really good Tennessee squad pretty easily 5-1. to one. So both teams have not lost yet at Hall of Fame Stadium, and this is going to be a heck of a series. By the way, our OU softball championship run updates brought to you by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries certainly aren't convenient, but Orthostat is same-day orthopedic care if you need it. You don't need to have an appointment. All you have to do is call Orthostat 405-515-5575, or you can visit their website, ouchorthostat.com, to learn more. 
What have we seen from Oklahoma? Whenever they're challenged, somehow they, they rise up to the challenge. Just one game. They nearly came back in that Baylor game that they lost early in the season, uh, losing that one 4-3. to three. But whenever they've had their backs against the wall, they have found a way, whether it was against Kennedy throwing 75 miles an hour, whether it was against uh, Valerie Cagle and Clemson with all that momentum. The Sooners are down to their last strike, and K-9 hits the three-run homer, and Oklahoma goes on to win that game. Uh, and, you know, just all of the games they faced, a lot of adversity, Oklahoma State, you know, all of that, all of that, ladies and gentlemen, is just what Oklahoma does on the diamond. They are unbelievable. Now let's hear from Grace Lyons at the presser yesterday talking about how the Sooners are so clutch in all of these close games. I think it starts way back in the fall. Um, the hard work that we put in, we all know how hard our falls are. Um, battle series, playing against each other, um, that's what sets the tone for the rest of the year. And if we know that uh, we can compete at that high level in practice, um, the game comes naturally. And uh, you can see with uh, a couple tough wins in postseason, um, just knowing how to compete with adversity and almost feeling like a loss but not actually losing, that's um, a really cool feeling for us to be challenged with early on in postseason than now. Um, now is when you just got to be gritty. Um, we're tired. Uh, people can say that it's long days. Those are just excuses that people could have at this point in the season. But um, we practice that in the fall. And I think um, now is just when we can go out and compete with the abilities that we've been given and uh, not not press too much uh, because the hard work's already been put in. That's, that's what adversity looks like for Oklahoma softball in 2023. Games that feel like a loss, but they don't actually lose. Exactly. And I, I think the Challenge Series has been great. We all saw that in the fall and the turnout for those games. Those uh, inter-squad matchups was phenomenal. Uh, and I think that certainly helped as well. Uh, Patty Gasso has a plan, and I think it's a really good plan. She knows what she's doing, and, uh, you know, her players just go out and execute. I love the comment the other day. They asked Patty, what did you say to Tiara, you know, after Jada walked and everything? Well, and she said, I find I found out over the years the less I say the better because if they see me with any apprehension or any nerves at all, that's only going to be – magnified with the players so patty gasso in that situation saying less is more here is what patty said yesterday at the media gathering about her team being so battle tested i think grace said it best i think october was a big time for us and to be honest it hasn't been rosy and wonderful in the fall we had to learn a lot i had to learn a lot we had a lot of newcomers and people don't even i don't no, they really realize that. We had eight newcomers, and that's almost half of our team. So there was a lot of learning, a lot of getting to know each other, uh, a lot of good leadership as well, a lot of expectations of what our program is like, and, and newcomers and some kids from the portal coming into a new program that they're not used to. So we had, we had a lot of work we had to get through in the fall, and I think it's without question paying off now. There you go. And, uh, again, they are on the cusp of winning their third straight national championship. It would be number seven for uh, Patty Gasso if she is able to get this done. And uh, they are the heavy favorites to get it done. So, level of concern for you, Parker Thune, on the scale of one to ten. I'm going to guess you're at about a three. 
I, I wouldn't even go that high. Really? Steely. You know what? You're I, on the verge of overconfidence. Really? Yes, maybe, really? A, little, maybe like, a little bit. Here's the thing. If there's a team about which it's virtually impossible to be overconfident, it's this OU softball team, Steely. It's like betting against John Wooden's UCLA Bruins. How many times during the season did fans who were the most ardent, confident Sooner softball fans, maybe if they were realistic and really told the truth, may have thought, eh, I don't know about this one. And they come back and do something miraculous like they did against Clemson in particular. And, you know, oh, I knew it the whole time, you know. I don't know. I, I think a lot of them are probably really like that. But at some point, you know, they have been, like I said, that was about as dire a situation as you could face, even though, again, they would have had a game three. But what, what Kinsey Hansen did against Clemson was unbelievable. And, again, they just keep finding ways. And they will not be denied. And a lot of times you hear something, oh, okay, cliche. Well, it's not over to the last strike or the last out, whatever. But really with this Oklahoma softball team, that is 100% the case. So, uh, 7 o'clock tonight, and uh, you can hear the game on uh, AM 1400 tonight and on 99.1 FM tonight right here. 99.3 FM, I'm sorry. 99.3 FM and on 1400 AM. On the text line from the 405, why do you guys have to set us up to lose? Please find some wood and knock on it. Okay, listen, listen. Here you go. There you go. Yeah. Are you a jinx kind of guy? Because I don't believe in that stuff. At all. No. Like, do, do, do you think, does anyone honestly think that Steely and I talking about how dominant OU softball is is going to jinx Patty Gasso in this program? Trust me, if there's someone powerful enough to jinx Patty Gasso <laughs> in this program, it's not me or Steely. Do you think that the softball gods are up there in softball heaven thinking, you know, Oklahoma's got this thing. Wait a minute, Steely and Thune, <laughs> man, they're way too old. They're taking it to the bank. We are taking uh, – you know what? L- let's make things happen for Florida State. Now that I heard those two yahoos and Norman, geez, come on. Yeah, I have never been a jinx guy at all. I think it's kind of stupid. I think it's not kind of stupid. I think it's really stupid. Now, you may be a believer in jinxes, and that's your prerogative, but I've always thought, you know, hey, man, why didn't you wear the same shirt when we won beat Florida State? <laughs> you know, it's like, seriously? Okay, if you feel that's like a good luck charm or something, I get that. I don't have any problem with that. But I don't know, to think what a couple of yahoos sitting here well, you're real. I'm the Yahoo. You're you're normal. I'm the Yahoo. We're Yahoo's of different generations. Yes, we are. What what generational Yahoo's? Yes, exactly. You are. <laughs> you are what your generation would refer to as a Yahoo. What would my generation refer to me as? That dude's gonna be big mad if they lose. Big mad. Oh yeah. So, but it's not our fault. I promise you. I mean, how could you not be confident? They have, they've dominated uh, everybody except for that one game with Baylor. So. If Steely had any kind of power, he'd be a wealthy man. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Okay, thank you to Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems, 405-579-3113 for all your heating and air needs. Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Um, I'm trying to figure out who the current four horsemen of the sports apocalypse are. We've got Mule Shoe and uh, Jay Monahan right now. We need two more. Four horsemen of the sports apocalypse. Got to get this figured out. All right. Let's talk a little recruiting when we get back. And the news is uh, it's not good. We'll be right back.
Hi, and welcome back. I uh, I got a, a good laugh out of uh, the T-Row in the Morning show again this morning. I usually do, but uh, their shenanigans are always entertaining. And the one that I enjoyed uh, the, uh, the most this morning was TJ's story about Bronx. His son, you know, they're out of school now. So TJ's trying to make sure they try and get outdoors, but kids don't go outdoors these days unless they absolutely have to. He's like, why don't you go outside and play? You know, what do you want me to do? They don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. It's got to be, you know, you've got to be playing a video game or Netflix or a VR headset, whatever. They don't know what to do. They don't know how to live outside. And I just got a kick out of that because he was literally, what, 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 what can I do? You know, it was back in my day, by God. Oh I'll boy, tell you what we, we did. Back in my day, we went, uh, you know, we would search for farm ponds to go fishing. Of course, we had our Little League baseball schedule. But we'd, you know, if it said uh, no fishing, private property, didn't matter to us. We'd climb through the barbed wire fence or over the fence. And a couple times, you know, farmers got very angry. But, um, you know. All kinds of things. We had wiffle ball bats, and we, we would play with a big wiffle ball bat and a tennis ball. And you hit the ball over somebody's house, that's a home run into the backyard. We did that. We went fishing. We played cards with our games with our baseball cards. You would set up your baseball cards. Catcher Johnny Bench, first baseman, you know, Tony Perez, Dave Concept, the whole infield and outfield. Play with a tinfoil ball with a pencil. You would hit the ball. If it lands on a card, that's like a pop-out. Then if it if you hit the ball to a certain position, you would throw it to first. If you hit the first base card, out. Home run fence. We were very inventive and very creative. We could always entertain ourselves. When Evil Knievel was doing his jump, some kid was out there on his bicycle with a banana seed trying to jump over some trash cans or something and usually ending up in the emergency room afterwards. But we figured things out. These kids, they don't know what to do about going outside. And I just like hearing TJ's frustration. Get outside. Go do something. What? What do you do outside? Got too many iPad kids that's in this society, right. Steely. That's what it comes down Water to. Water from the hose, that's right. That made us tougher, Big Rich. You, you didn't drink any sparkly, bubbly, pansy water. You drank water straight out of the garden hose and loved it. <laughs> Somebody from the 580 says, listen closely, Steely. I got the Sooners winning 55-2 to two tonight. <laughs> what time does the game start? Big time Sooner fan. Oh, it's too good too good cherokee sooner says back in my day we used to grab a handful of hay and try to smoke it we <laughs> thought we were so cool what did you do parker were you an indoor kid or did you get outdoors too now of course you're like your little league baseball schedule doesn't count you're forced to get outdoors but we found things to do we basically would be outdoors pretty much until mom said time for dinner get in here you know that was it yeah pretty much that's how it was for me too these kids today, man, I'm going to pull up my pants all the way underneath my chest. And that's how old I feel saying this right now. My britches are going to be yanked way up there. But it's not that difficult to find something to do outdoors. But you know what? If we would have probably had PS5 and Xbox and 
all the video games. I probably would have been sitting in the air conditioning quite a bit myself, to be honest with you. But we, it was great to get on your bike. Let's drive to 7-Eleven, man. Let's go get some baseball cards and an icy. Three packs of baseball cards with that sugary gum stick and an icy drink. <laughs> no, we we did a lot of the same stuff, Steele. We'd spend a lot of time on bikes, spend a lot of time shooting hoops, hitting baseballs, tossing a football around. I developed a nasty Frisbee forehand over the years. Really? Yes. I can, I can legitimately forehand a Frisbee as well as anyone I know. I thought you had to smoke weed to throw a Frisbee. Is that not a requirement? No, I don't think so. Okay, I was just thinking. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that was a, a 70s Frisbee thing, not a Parker Thune 2010 Frisbees thing. From the 405, we walked through goat head sticker patches barefooted, and we liked it. That's exactly right. We were a lot tougher back then. There's no doubt about it. Big no Rick doubt. in Owasso says, I shot my sister's Barbies with a BB gun. <laughs> That sounds a little Dahmerish, though. Just <laughs> it does sound a little Dahmerish, doesn't it? As a young kid, Dahmer took the heads off Barbies, and also, you know, but you turned out great. Don't worry about it. I'm just messing with you. So I just uh, love, I just love though how TJ said, "Get out and do something outside," and he said, "Quote: What do you want me to do?" That's great. Brian in Tulsa, as a kid, the tree in my grandparents' front yard was the castle, and me and my friends would find sticks and play nights. No one ever invaded the castle. We also dug our own moat, which we got in so much trouble for. I, Brian, I heard that. I heard them read that this morning. Major props on trying to build the moat, man. Did you have a drawbridge, too, that you tried to construct? That's very impressive. Little Green Army Men. Oh, yes, yes I remember those. Men. The Army Men were in big trouble on the 4th of July. You knew, you know who else had a big major warning? You know, with sirens going off? The ants. Because if you found an ant farm, not an ant farm, but like an ant hill, where were those black cats going? Straight down there. The ants, that was their worst day of the year, the 4th of July. They dreaded the 4th of July because there were going to be some casualties. No doubt. They were just trying to protect the queen. That's it. Sooner Co. Wetzel says, I walked barefoot in gravel. Still do. That, that's a man right there. A real man. From another 405 listener. When I was a kid, we'd hang out at this nasty drainage ditch duck pond and crawl around in it looking to catch eels. <laughs> we used to catch. I have to imagine catching an eel is almost impossible. Right? Because, like, you try to grab it and it just slithers yeah. out of your hand. They're very slithery, there's no doubt. Very slithery. All right. Uh, you know, we should just do this segment here because football <laughs> recruiting is too depressing, right? Talking about the good old days. That's right. But I don't know. It just caught my attention that Bronx had no, no idea what to do outside. Unless it was an organized, like, baseball game or something, a little league. Like, what do you do outside? What, what is there to do? I think he said he wanted to go to Starbucks, though. To now, Starbucks, huh? Starbucks to get a beverage as compared back in my day to 7-Eleven where you get an icy drink for like 39 cents and baseball cards were like 89 cents a pack or something. You know, you could get you, – you could maybe less than that. You could probably go there for a dollar and get your baseball cards and an icy drink. But Starbucks beverages are very pricey. 
So I think TJ, we've heard. I tell you what, TJ's already raising a little liberal. I think wants this. Wants to go to Starbucks. You know, Toby's joked about TJ. He's got the circle drive and the lake house and everything. He's got his kid who won't play outdoors and only will go to Starbucks for a beverage. I mean, <laughs> there may, may the, the Perry family might be a little bit more uppity than we think, perhaps. Ed in Houston says, spin the bottle. What a great game. Captain Willard says, your mom wouldn't let you back in the house until dinner. Captain, you know what? You are exactly right because they just expected us to stay outside, man. I, I can remember we would walk. I remember we got on some farmer's pond because, hey, he's got a boat, you know, and we'd like jumped over the private property. <laughs> and we're out there in the middle of his pond fishing. It was a On his pond. boat? Oh, yeah. Well, it didn't like have. It was just a paddle boat. Oh, like, okay, it just okay, had okay. oars on it. Not did not like it had an ebon root in the back or anything. But still, and I can remember this pickup truck coming over the hill because I could still see the dust honking the horn. And this old man was not happy. Get the hell out of my pond in my boat, boys. <laughs> you know, and we're like, oh, my God, is that a shotgun? He didn't have a shotgun, but we thought he might have, like, a 12-gauge or something. So we never went back there, but that's the kind of stuff we did all the time. We probably walked at least five miles, at least five miles to find farm ponds all the time. So these kids, you know what they are? Soft. They might be softer than Milshu. Whoa, get I don't know defense. about that, Steely. They might be softer than an Alex Grinch defense. I'm not sure. Frogs and firecrackers. Wow. Crawdad fishing. Ooh, you ever you ever go crawdad fishing? We used to get, like, you'd get, like, a, a clothes hanger, and you put yeah. a little strap of bacon on the end, and they would pinch it. And, yeah, you could pull them out. So, yes, I felt, man. I, I, would, I would always just catch them with my bare hands. Really? Yeah. You got to grab them a certain way so that they don't pinch you. But... <laughs> I had a friend of mine, um, worked in Wichita Falls. He was a California kid. Okay. And um, he was the weatherman in Wichita Falls. But he came down with another buddy of mine to float the Illinois River and everything. So they were floating the river. And I guess, well, they obviously saw a crawdad. And he said, oh, look, a little lobster. I guess that's what they are, right? Kind of. Little lobsters. Kind of. I could see a crawdad as a little lobster, but he thought that was the funniest thing of all time. Cam on the text line just says, recruiting? Recruiting is Listen, coming Listen, we're talking up, about anything what but you, recruiting right now. Want, we're trying to enjoy Do you want us segment. to play the womp, 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 sad trombone? Uh, we're going to get to it. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Right now, we're trying to get good kids' stories about what these kids, these indoor air-conditioned kids, can do in the summer. We need to teach... The younger generation that there are things that can be done and accomplished outside during the summer. All right, break time right here. Want to thank uh, again Lasher Home Comfort Systems 405-651-3439 Riverwind Casino this weekend. We have Gin Blossoms and Tonic Beats and Bites 2023 presented by Coop Ale Works. It will be another fantastic show outdoors at Riverwind. All the best local food trucks out there. You're going to have games, arts and crafts for the kids. Uh, they also have, again, just a great setup out at Riverwind Casino. It's only 10 bucks for tickets to these great outdoor shows. This weekend, Gin Blossoms and Tonic. Kids under 12 get in free. Have yourself a great evening listening to some big-time music, a little 90s alternative uh, music with Gin Blossoms and Tonic on the Beats and Bites stage coming up this Saturday night at Riverwind. Tickets available at the casino box office right over there by the Showplace Theater, and you can get them online at riverwind.com. Coming right back, when we get back, 
Eric Bailey's going to join us and talk a little sooner softball and more next right here on the ref. What do you remember about the summer of 69, Steely? I was probably out there playing some pickup baseball, maybe doing some fishing. We also caught like 75 turtles one summer. We had the Turtle Olympics that year, maybe. That was a little bit later, but we were outdoors, I know that. Stay with us. All right, welcome back. We uh, we haven't made a connection yet with Eric. We do have Eric. We may in just a second. Okay, I think the phone line's ringing. Eric's got some things going on. He's a busy man, big-time rider, no doubt. All right, uh, thanks for joining us here on this Wednesday championship game. Number one tonight, Oklahoma and uh, Florida State, 7 p.m. That will be obviously at Hall of Fame Stadium on ESPN. Game two would be 6.30 on Thursday. And if necessary, uh, we would have a third game Friday, and uh, that game would be scheduled for 7 p.m. So Sooners beat Florida State earlier in the season. And, again, that was 5-4 to four at Marita Hines Field back on March 14th. But it should be a very interesting matchup. You would expect it would be Kat Sandercock against Jordy Ball tonight. And uh, we'll see. We'll see. And, again, tonight you can hear it on AM 1400 and 99.3 FM. All of our Sooner softball updates presented by Orthostat in Norman. Injuries, not convenient. Orthostat, very convenient. Same-day orthopedic care, no appointment necessary. Call Orthostat at 405-5575. That's 405-515-5575 or visit or ouchorthostat.com for more information. Eric Bailey on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Great story on Jada Coleman. When I saw the photo last night, I thought I was 98% sure that's Jada Coleman. And it was Jada Coleman. So for those who haven't read your story, and I'm sure a lot of Sooner softball fans already have, but tell us the story and because I thought it was tremendous. Well, it, it was really neat. Um, first of all, thanks for you and Parker having me on today. Um, yeah, so – I've been friends with this uh, lady. Her name's Teresa Hinman. In fact, I grew up going to church with her. And uh, it just happened to stumble across my Facebook feed. She posted a picture of Jada. That's how I found out. Uh, she was a, a restaurant server at El Chico in Tulsa. And Teresa told me that in eighth grade, a young lady came in, and she was just making conversation with her, just saying, hey, how are you doing? And she was in a full, full um, softball uniform. And she asked her, uh, what are you doing in Tulsa? And she said, well, I'm playing in a softball tournament. Oh, okay, where are you playing at? Savage Park. Oh, well, good luck. And then she says, well, what are you going to do when you grow up? She goes, well, I'm going to play at Oklahoma. And my friend said, really? Because this was a young kid. And if you look at the picture, Jada's in eighth grade with braces on. She's tiny. She's just a kid. And she goes, you're going to play at Oklahoma? She said, yeah, I've already committed to play at Oklahoma. And my friend Teresa said, well, let me take a picture of you so I can remember years from now. And this is when Oklahoma was good now, too. So Oklahoma, it wasn't like you know, Oklahoma was winning national championships in 2016. So my friend Teresa said, well, let me take a picture of you so when you win national championships, I have this picture. And lo and behold, Jada is going for her third national championship. So we just pulled that picture out. And it was really a neat story and, and really tells you how good Jada Coleman was when she was an eighth grader. They, oh, you wanted her then? And look at her career now. Everything progressed perfectly. To be committed to the finest program in college yeah. softball <laughs> at the age of, what, 13, 14? Like, it's like Damon Bailey at Indiana when they offered him the eighth grade at well, Bob Knight. You, you, you give Oklahoma 
credit, that's not a miss. If you're a coach and you say, I want this kid when she's in eighth grade, if, if you know, of course, you know, you can't sign anything until the signing day, but you know, Oklahoma, they, they, that that's a perfect hit. That's a that's a grand no doubt. You got a kid in eighth grade saying, "I want to go to play at Oklahoma," and then look how she turned out. She's one of the best to play the game. Well, no doubt, she has turned out to be one of the best <laughs> to play the game. And the reality, Eric, is that Oklahoma's roster is chock full of those players right now, to the point where. Jada Coleman got intentionally walked in the ninth inning by Stanford pitcher Nigel Kennedy with two outs to try and preserve that tie game and give Stanford a chance to win it in the bottom of the ninth. However, you intentionally walked Jada Coleman. The next hitter you got to face is arguably one of the top three, five hitters in the entire game in T.R.A. Jennings, and she made Nigel Kennedy and Stanford pay after an 0-for-5 day, hits that double in the gap, and that's all she wrote. Oklahoma's into the championship series against Florida State. What – what do you think was the more seminal moment in that game, Eric, that really spoke to the fact that this Oklahoma team is borderline invincible? The fact that you have T.R.A. Jennings come to the plate in a clutch situation and instantly erase all memory of an 0-for-5 day to that point? Or was it the fact that Nicole May has a rocky first inning, is definitely in some trouble with a dangerous Stanford lineup, and from there she buckles down and retires 14 straight hitters as the Sooners' offense begins to get back in the game? I think it's that. I think, you know, Oklahoma, you know, when Nicole May had that, gave up those two runs, and Oklahoma rarely plays from behind, and they were. They played from behind, but you know what? It wasn't long. They tied it up. They scored a run in the second, run in the third to tie it up at two. I think that was a huge moment because – the defense settled. The offense uh, found a way to score some runs. And then when the two aces got on, on in the circle uh, in, from the fifth inning, sixth inning on, that's when it was fun. That's when the defenses took over, the pitching took over. That was a performance in, in the circle that we won't see for a long time. I tell you, Kennedy is, is special. She is really, really special. It's hard for those hitters to, to stay off that rise ball. You know, you're throwing 75-mile-an-hour rise ball, man. It's, it's coming fast. It's hard to stay off that. And that's how it looked like they were getting Tiare at first. They kept throwing her rise balls. But you're right. I, I think it was the early portion of the game when Oklahoma really, you know, Stanford, you know, excited going to the top of the second inning, thinking we're up to nothing. Okay, we got the start we wanted. And then just Oklahoma, you know, chip away at the lead, tie it up. And then and then Stanford could, just couldn't find another run after those first two runs. You know, it, it's hard to look back and compare eras, but if the Sooners, you know, particularly if they win this championship series in two games and finish with a 53-game winning streak, 61-1, and one, you know, third straight national championship, number seven for Patty, would we almost have to say this was the greatest college softball team of all time if Oklahoma gets this done? You know, I think there's a really strong argument for that because you'll look at it, they'll have the best winning percentage ever in one season. You look at that, you look at this team completing something that no team's done since the 1990, which is win three straight championships. And, you know, lost in all this, too, is there, there was a COVID year. I mean, it, what happens in that COVID year if that, that season plays to fruition, if they yeah, play it out? Good point. Does Oklahoma win a championship then? So there's a lot of factors going in pointing toward this being the greatest team and and you look at it and and you, there's no Jocelyn Allo on the team there's no Lauren Chamberlain but there but that doesn't matter I mean you have a lot of superstars on this team I mean you, you think about it you, we mentioned Jada Coleman you mentioned Jordy Ball you mentioned Tiare Jennings and then you look at the defensive prowess of Grace Lyons I mean there's just so much on this team there's no weaknesses and that's the thing you got to give credit to Patty and this coaching staff for being able to put all these ingredients together 
get them to coexist and buy in in the locker room because you know what? No one's really probably getting the playing time they really would love to have, but it's a team concept, and everyone is bought into doing their role. And that's, that's extraordinary in itself for a coach to be able to do that. And then just to have the success on the field day in, day out, 51 straight wins, that, that's nuts. I mean, every night, it's, hard, it's hard to win softball games. You know, if you win five or six in a row, you feel good. They're at 51. It's, cre- it's incredible. Now, Eric, here's a question from the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line for you. A listener wants to know, if you were the coach at a different school, not Oklahoma, would you rather have the all-around lineup featuring Haley Lee, Jada Coleman, and T.R.A. Jennings or Jocelyn Allo? That's a great question um, because Jocelyn Allo was a 485 career hitter at Oklahoma. That, that in itself is pretty good. Um, or, uh, or No, she hit 485. I'm sorry, last year. I'd go with I'd go with the three. I'd go with the overall lineup. I'd want, you know, because any given day, Josh, you know, one player could get hurt. One player could have an 0 for 3 game, 0 for 4 game. It won't happen often, but there are times where that would happen. I'd love to have the chance to have more more swings from three batters than one, but you're taking away one powerful swing when you do that. I'd, I'd go with the three just because you can do a little bit more with the three. And that's with all due respect to someone like Jocelyn Allo. I have just – she was one of the best to play the game. No doubt. All right, you guys, if you haven't checked out uh, Eric's story in the Tulsa world, you by now surely you've seen the piece, the great piece he did on Patty Gasso, the long-form uh, piece that was just tremendous, and the story on Jada Coleman's outstanding as well. Hey, Steve, let me yes. ask you this. I did another story that was really – for our website, I was I wrote it – I just kind of wrote it as a filler piece. I said, I'll just write this as the advance. It turned out to be the most popular piece I wrote all week, not only at the Tulsa world, but in our league corporate the 75 papers we have it was the it was the top story for two days so let me ask you this question it was the number one story i wrote about numbers what why the players wear their numbers ah, there for you, you go. for you for, for you and parker both what was your number and why did you wear it 24 for me because of joe washington i wore 24 whenever i could get 24 in one year i was forced to wear 21 uh i i <laughs> I can't remember why I couldn't get 24, but other than that, I went with uh, Joe Washington's number 24. I was a left-handed pitcher back in the day and a uh-huh. big Los Angeles Dodgers fan. Okay. I, wore, I wore number 22 for Clayton Kershaw. There you go. <laughs> like Clayton Kershaw, I had one career home run. <laughs> exactly one. The similarities are just amazing, Parker. Like striking. <laughs> striking, I tell you. Well, Eric's uh, on a bigger role. He's on a riding role like the OU softball team, man. He's killing it. He always has, but uh, really good stuff, Eric. And we always appreciate your time very much. We'll do it again soon. Enjoy covering the game tonight. All right, you guys. Thanks for having me on. And everyone out there, enjoy the games this week. Eric Bailey, Tulsa World, does a great job. Great guy, great writer, the one, the only Eric Bailey. All right, break time right here. Uh, why don't we get into all the recruiting bad news at uh, the very top of the hour. Rory McElroy this morning. Oh, some good stuff, man. We're selling out everywhere in the world of sports. We've sold out college football. We've sold out the PGA Tour. We've sold out everything. More Old Man Yells at Cloud coming up next. The Joker and the Thief is another Wolf Mother song. What happened to Wolf Mother? I haven't heard from them in like 15 years. I don't know. They're probably still around. Maybe. Maybe not. But I, I, I like the Joker and the Thief, and that's kind of the uh, story of the uh, world of professional golf right now in some ways. We heard about the, uh, the news yesterday with uh, the PIF taking over the PGA Tour. 
the DP Tour, formerly the European Tour, and Live Golf all coming under the same umbrella. There's been a lot of talk, again, about, man, some of these guys who got offered all these millions are going to be very upset. Players meeting yesterday. You know, Rory is there, and uh, it, it got pretty heated uh, with Jay Monahan, who basically had set himself uh, up on the moral high ground and then showed, you know what, I there's a price. There's Everybody has a price. If you've heard that, well, he definitely had a price. So, But I love this exchange uh, this morning. Rory, again, at the Canadian Open, going for his third straight victory there, but was asked and grilled about the meeting and uh, this, uh, I don't know if merger is the right word, but, you know, the, they're trying to unify under the uh, public interest fund, the Saudi public interest fund, PGA Tour, the DP Tour, and Live Golf. Let's hear this exchange. I thought this was pretty darn good this morning. I know you and many other golfers were offered substantial amounts of money to join Live. I was never offered oh, any money. My, oh, my apologies. Uh, should the golfers who maybe stayed loyal and turned down Live, should they be made whole financially? <laughs> I mean, the simple answer is yes. The complex answer is how does that happen? Mm-hmm. Right? And that's all, that's all gray area and up, up, up in the air at the minute. But yeah, there's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard for me to not sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb and you know feeling like I've put myself out there and this is what happens again removing myself from the situation I see how this is better for the game of golf a lot of fans are upset at this news the, the war of words between the PGA Tour and Liv got very heated and fans got very involved what do you say to fans who are disappointed in this deal but it's not Liv I think that's the thing I still hate Liv like I hate Liv like I I hope it goes away and I would fully expect that it does um, and I think that's where the distinction here is this is the PJ tour the DP world tour and the PIF very different from live all I've do- tried to do is protect what the PJ tour is and what the PJ tour stands for and I think it will continue to to do that I said it to Jay yesterday you've galvanized everyone against something and that thing that you galvanized everyone against you've now partnered with so, yeah, of course, I understand it, it. It is hypocritical. It sounds hypocritical. Um, the one thing I would say is, again, whether you like it or not, the PIF and the Saudis want to spend money in the game of golf. It is they they want to do this, and they weren't going to stop. There you go. I hate to live. I hate to live. Rory McIlroy. What what we've done, though, Parker. And yes, uh, there is an old man. Uh, feeling to what I'm going to say right here come because it's coming from an old man. We're selling out everything. Everybody's got a price. Look, I like that the best players in the world are going to be getting together to play again. I didn't like the exclusion, exclusion and I didn't like, you know, Phil, I think his I know people say Phil won yesterday and he did in many ways, but he's also looked like a jackass at times and so have the guys on the other side of this deal. We need the best fields out there, all of that stuff. What I didn't like about it was the Saudi money. Period. That's it. But guess what? Jay Monahan who got on his high horse, oh well, you know, all of a sudden guess what? He sold his soul in this deal. And, well, and that's the thing, Steele. Like at the at the end of the day, everybody has a price. Let me ask you. If you were offered a million dollars a year to go cover Texas, would you do it? 
Yes, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Like yeah. I but can't. I can't sit here and honestly say Saudis, no. I mean, there's a difference between a Longhorns. They're annoying. Yes. You know the and they can talk about. Is there any clean money anywhere? And or do you subscribe to that theory? You know what? It's not the money's neither good or evil. It's what you do with that money. I I don't know. It just feels like. Um, I, I don't know. I'm slippery slope. We're circling the drain. Yeah, I'm glad this, we're going to have better golf fields, but we're only going to have them about 20 more years before the doomsday clock hits midnight. If if nothing else, what this underscores is the fact when there is is, is when there's enough money involved, people mm-hmm. will do anything well, and I, won't think twice about it. I think also what Rory said: the Saudis weren't going to stop. We're going to stop. It wasn't, you no. know, live. It wasn't like, wow, we're not getting quite what we thought viewership-wise or the traction that we thought. Uh, but it wasn't going to matter. When you have a trillion-dollar public interest fund like they have, I mean, like I said, paying Tiger Woods $800 million, pff, it's not quite pocket change, but it's like having a $20 bill in your wallet or something. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So International politics meets sports. I feel like we're living in a real-life reenactment of Cars 2. They're... <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what I was thinking, too. Yes, cars, too. Absolutely. All right. Uh, we are going to get to recruiting, a full recruiting segment coming up here at the top of the hour. Sooner football and recruiting news. If you like sad news, put some blues music on. Maybe get yourself a quart, maybe a quart and a half of tequila, rock and roll tequila. Because the news is not good. Yeah, there's dirty money everywhere. NBA, it's it's sad. We'll be right back. Yes, we are about to start talking. Championship Wednesday has arrived. The Sooners can't win the championship tonight, but they can win game one. Oklahoma, Florida State at Hall of Fame Stadium in Oklahoma City. Game one of the uh, best of three, Women's College World Series, National Championship matchup, Oklahoma and Florida State, 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. We'll have it here on 99.3 FM and 1400 AM. Thank you to Dr. Bellardo. I went to uh, get a little checkup with Dr. B yesterday. It was quick. It was easy. Everything's looking good. If you want to eliminate reading glasses like me, if you're an olds like me, or if you're just over 40 and you're either farsighted or nearsighted, there is a solution. You need to call Dr. Bellardo. I've known him for years and years and uh, totally trust him and the team up there. They're great. It is super relaxing. They're super professional. Go check out Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. See if you qualify for lens replacement or if you qualify for cataract surgery. From the experts at Advanced Laser and Cataract Center, Dr. B and his team, they have been the leaders in vision correction for over 20 years in the market now. Call today at 405-755-7700 for your free consultation from Dr. Bellardo, or you can go online. It's alcok.com, like they always say there. If you want to see far, you want to see near, you have to go here to the Advanced Laser and Cataract Center. Okay, uh, yeah, it was great up there, super relaxing. I was in and out of there, super easy. I always like that. When an appointment, you're like, man, I'm going to be here for 90 minutes or so. It's going to take forever. going to have to read a bad magazine or something. Nope. In and out, took about 40 minutes. Everything looks good. 
All right, uh, 405-651-3439, the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. All right, the recruiting news, Parker Thune. Uh, recently, Brian Wesco commits to Clemson. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Sammy Brown was still uh, – he was a long shot, commits to Clemson. Clemson's on a roll right now. Clemson is on a roll. Uh, Taylor Tatum, the number one running back of the country, might be leaning towards Mule Shoe. Eh, mm, eh, mm, mm. Maybe. Would, would not say that. Would not say that. Still think it's OU or Michigan in the end for Taylor Tatum. Okay. Joseph Jonah Ajonye, uh, Georgia. Yeah, Georgia. Georgia's the leader. Well, and ever since he got that Georgia offer, it's been apparent that OU was going to have to put in some mad work to be able to fight off the two-time defending national champions. And heading into official visit season, it feels like Georgia does have the inside track there, so Oklahoma – is going to have some work to do when they host Jonah Jonier for the Champion Barbecue coming up next weekend. So Oklahoma right now, and people are saying, well, you know, Dominic McKinley, no, not going to happen. Surely now Will Nguyenary will be here this weekend, correct? He will. Yes. And one this of- is huge. The next two weeks, weekends are huge for OU, clearly, to get some momentum back, right? And I think you'll pick up some momentum this weekend. Um, you get Nguyenary in town. Michael Hawkins is going to be in town. You got six offensive line official visitors, Steely. So, at the very least, you got the opportunity to get the ball ball rolling with some of the big boys. Zion Raggins, the four-star wide receiver from the state of Georgia, uh, as I reported last week, is going to be taking his official this weekend. And so, is that a one-for-one replacement for Wesco in this class? No, not necessarily. Those two are very different when it comes to their styles of play. Uh, not one in the same by any means, but Raggins is a guy that would be a welcome addition to the class at Oklahoma. And if you can close on him this weekend, and it sounds like Oklahoma has some confidence that they can do that, then you're sitting. Yes, you'd still like to be able to have Wesco, and still that that's still going to sting for a while. But you're sitting pretty with three wide receivers in your class, and the opportunity to get a fourth, whether that's. Ivan Carrion or Isaiah McMorris or Josiah Martin or what have you. But at this point, Zion Kearney becomes your capstone mm-hmm. commit at the wide receiver position. That's not a bad place to be because he's a very good player in his own right. And so you're hoping to double up on Zion's possibly by, you know, next week, this coming weekend. We'll see what's going to happen. Champion Barbecue, of course, coming up. So the next two weeks are crucial for Oklahoma. What do you say to the Boomer Doomers right now? Uh, who are thinking, oh, my gosh, this is a total, absolute disaster. Well, it's and I of- will say that, you know, there's not a lot of positivity out there right now. Now, behind the scenes, there's maybe some stuff going on that we don't know about that's really positive. But what you're seeing out there, you know, in terms of commitments and who's leaning where, it doesn't look real good right now. Well, and here's the deal, Steely. The boomer doomers that are upset about recruiting – or the people who only follow recruiting on a casual basis, i.e. they use Twitter to follow recruiting. They only see what is public information, what everybody knows, announcements on Twitter, top schools lists, official visits, all that type of stuff. If you follow recruiting in depth, and if you know some of what Oklahoma has lined up over the next couple of weekends in terms of official visits, you are not panicking right now. Okay. So this is where you draw the line, Steely, between 
actual recruiting fans and recruiting casuals. Of all the defensive linemen that are still out there, and, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen with a Jonier. Maybe it's not – it's clearly not over, but uh, it's a much tougher position for Oklahoma to be in, clearly with a Georgia offer and the interest there, the, uh, the, the real interest there, which just about anybody that Georgia offers is going to be very interested the way that Georgia's program is going right now. Of course. But how are you feeling right now about um, – OU and all these defensive line prospects. Are you still feeling like, you know, just because of the numbers, it's going to end up all right? Or could it be, you know, by the time this class is completely wrapped up and done, that it could be disappointing? No, I look, Oklahoma's going to sign a very good defensive line class. Now, if I've said it once, I've said it a million times, that might not mean they sign every single player that you favor them for in May or June. Right? That may mean... You don't get Will Nuaneri, even though I would project him in OU's class right now. It may mean you don't get Nigel Smith, even though I'd project him in OU's class right now, too. I, there are those that believe, Steely, that David Stone is going to be committed to Oklahoma by the end of the month. Now, am I one that believes that? Not necessarily. I think you're still going to have to weather the storm with some big NIL offers that will undoubtedly be thrown that kid's way. But... Oklahoma has always led that recruitment. Always. So if you get him on board, one thing you know about David Stone is that, A, he is very well-known and well-respected among his peers. He's going to be active amongst recruiting those peers to join him in Norman. And if you land a five-star defensive tackle, Steely, yeah, you know what? If you don't get Dominic McKinley, you'll be like, ah, what could have been? But at the end of the day, you can't help but be pleased with the Hall if you have David Stone as your top overall commit in the class and you also tack on a Will Nwaneri or a Nigel Smith or even a Wyatt Gilmore or a Jay Sean Ross. Joseph Jonah Jonia, yeah, you'd like to have him. But I think Todd Bates and Miguel Chavis have cast a wide enough net in this class that the only guys you feel like you have to have, well, maybe the only the one guy you feel like you have to have is David Stone. And I think, oh, you should get Will Nguyenary. But I don't know if he's a necessarily one that you would quantify as a must-have for Oklahoma. I.e., if they don't get him, something went horribly. You, you have to do what it takes to get David Stone because he's an in-state kid, right? But if Oregon decides, you know what, we're going to sink $10 million into making sure we get Will Nguyenary. Well, then what do you do if you're Oklahoma? So, David Stone is the must-have guy. You get him, I think this class is a success. Then it falls into place, is what you're saying. If you don't get him, then you better take some big swings and make some big splashes elsewhere to shore things up. Yeah. All right, 405-651-3439 on the uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Let's get there right now. Cherokee Sooner says, recruiting has forced me to become good friends with my medicine man. (laughs) From the 405, everyone who disagrees with me is a casual. Can't imagine why some people don't like Parker Thune. Look, I didn't say that. Don't put words in my mouth. I said, the people who are having meltdowns right now about the state of Oklahoma recruiting in June, I promise you, are the same people that were having meltdowns about the state of Oklahoma recruiting last June. 
Because, oh, you had four commits on this date a year ago, Steely. Yeah. And what happened in the end? Top Oklahoma signed the number four class yep. in the country. Santa John says, has Sammy Brown canceled his OUOV? Same for Bryant Wesco. Yeah, both those guys, because of Clemson's visit policy, will not be taking any subsequent visits. Clemson's policy is one and the same with OU. The Empire Strikes Back with uh, Dabo. Yeah, how about that? Because, uh, you know, Jaron Canick, obviously. So maybe Clemson is the Death Star. Sooner Soldier says, it's saying all over the internet that USC is doing very good in recruiting. Any truth to it? USC did have a big surge of commits over the weekend. I want to say they got five commits in the span of 48 hours. Mm-hmm. And Now, none of those guys would be categorized as truly elite players, but they got some blue chippers. They got some offensive linemen for what that's worth. So, yeah, you got, I mean, got to hand it to Muleshoe and USC. They did well with their first official visit weekend. I'm not going to hand it to him, ever. KW918 says, Boys, for the sake of your own mental health and a loyal listener of KREF, I hereby forbid you discussing the depravity of OU football recruiting today. Full pardon granted. Three laughing emojis. Well, and here's the thing. Last year, you have a, by Oklahoma standards, a disastrous 6-7 and seven season, at least on the field. You know, culture building, all of that stuff. All right, that stuff behind the scenes, I think, is, is, is going well. But the product on the field that everybody saw was like, eh, there's a problem, man. That's not real good. But you still get the number four class in the country. So people think, you know, well, you know, Oklahoma's going to be fine. They're going to get another top five class or top six or seven class. What would be for the Sooners? And I know you said you think they'd probably be somewhere in this neighborhood of seven or something like that. I think it's what you said the other day. But would outside the top ten be a huge disappointment with the class of 2024? I don't know if it would be a huge disappointment. It would, it would be a disappointment in my yeah. mind. If you're outside the top 15, then, yeah, that's a huge disappointment. Yeah. It is disappointing if you're outside the top 10. I think the expectation right now is that OU is going to be top 10 but not top 5. If you can find a way to wiggle your way into the back end of the top 5, that's a big win in the 2024 cycle. Yeah. All right. Do we have time for one more? From the 682, are you surprised we didn't get any commitments from last weekend? Um. There weren't any. There weren't any official visitors last weekend. There were only campers and a few guys that hung around for unofficial visits. So no, I, I am not surprised. Oh, you didn't get any commitments this past weekend. Now, I I will be surprised. I will be surprised if we get out of this weekend, this coming weekend, with at least without at least one silent commitment. I don't know who that's going to be, but I'll bet you somebody pops this weekend. If not publicly, then behind closed doors. There you go. All right, break time right here. I'm looking up at the uh, monitors here. we got Rory on one and uh, Mike McCarthy, the Cowboys coach, in the other. And it looks like Rory got a bunch more gray hairs overnight. He looks like he aged about 10 years. All right. We'll get back to some text here in a minute. We'll also talk Sooners Florida State. We'll hear what the Seminoles have to say about the matchup at Oklahoma. Remember, Oklahoma beat FSU 5-4 back in mid-March in Norman. We'll preview game one of the championship series coming up next. All right, we are back. Good to have you along. 
Cade McFarland will be coming up in the next segment this weekend. Get outdoors. Get to Riverwind Casino Beats and Bites 2023. Another great show. The first show, 38 special and Blue Oyster Cold. It was fantastic. And uh, everybody had a great time. And you're going to have a great time this Saturday. If you get out to Riverwind, get outdoors, see the gin blossoms and tonic on the Beats and Bites stage presented by Coop Aleworks. Uh, coming in July, they'll have a show with Mark Chestnut, Shannon Doa, and Tracy Bird. In August, the music of Gary Allen, August 26th. By the way, that July 8th show will be followed by the Fireworks Spectacular which is truly spectacular at Riverwind. But uh, this weekend, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic, kids under 10 get in free. Take us to the event or only 10 bucks. Bring your lawn chairs, your folding chairs, whatever you want to call them, chairs. Get ready. Arts and crafts everywhere. They've got great craft beer from Coop Ale Works. You've got games for the kids. And again, you've got many different food options out there with all the best local food trucks. So get on outdoors. Get on out to Beats and Bites 2023. Show number two, the Gin Blossoms and Tonic coming up this weekend at Riverwind Casino. Yet another reason why Riverwind Casino is voted year after year after year the best casino experience in the metro area. They truly are simply the best. Okay, what are we going to do? And I, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downey here, but I'm just asking a legit question here. How disappointing would it be if this softball team somehow, some way, doesn't win this championship? And I think they are. I don't think there's a team that can beat Oklahoma twice. But it would feel like, in my opinion, kind of like the 88 Oklahoma basketball team to me. That's a good parallel. And, look, I don't think that 88 Oklahoma basketball team was as clearly as dominant as this Sooner softball team is. But they were the best team in America. I have no doubt about it that year. They ran into a Kansas team they'd beaten before. Had to play them at Kemper Arena. Danny Manning went off. Clinton Normore, all these, you know, Kansas had one of those nights. But Oklahoma was the best team in America. So that one still. And I wanted the national championship for Billy Tubbs so badly because Billy was awesome. Billy would love this OU softball team. You know what they said the other day? They did it in a classy way. You know what? We're not going to change for anybody. Do I think Brito's, you know, slamming the bat down after a walk is a little bit over the top? Maybe a little bit, but that's what she's been doing. And if Oklahoma were not the favorite to win yet another national championship, if they weren't 59-1, and if they hadn't won 51 games in a row, and if everybody who follows women's college softball didn't think, man, eh, it's probably going to be Oklahoma again, she wouldn't be getting as much grief as she is, or Jada Coleman or any of the players. But that is kind of what I would think about is when you have the best team in the country and you don't win, now that's a one-and-done situation, right, obviously. Because I believe if Oklahoma and Kansas had played in a neutral court in a three-game series, the Sooners would have won. Um, but this team is so dominant, I don't think people could deal with it if somehow that happened. I think people would deal with it. Not I well. think there would be some I think there would be some grace extended to Patty and this team just because they've already been so dominant in recent years that you know when a national title feels like a formality mm-hmm. and for some reason it doesn't happen I Well, I guess here's the way I look at it. This team is so acquainted with the fan base on such an intimate level 
that there will almost be, and I don't know if pity is the right word, but I don't know if this team has the capacity to take or would or would ever take hate from their own fan base. It's because OU softball fans mm. are diehards, and they love these girls. I don't think they're and, football nasty, right? Well, exactly, and that's – they're not football nasty. Football fans, not all of them, but a good portion of them. You know, whether they're winning or lo- whether the football team is winning or losing dictates the sanity of probably half the state of Oklahoma, right? For OU softball fans, it's it's not as expansive a fan base as football naturally. And you have people who will keep up with the softball program because the softball program wins. It's but clearly the, the people, second most popular sport on campus. Yeah, but no the doubt. people showing up to Marita Hinesfield, the people who are following this team and standing outside the buses and slapping hands and showing love on social media, all the people that are most invested in OU softball, I don't think those same people are going to turn around and – slander Patty Gasso and her girls if somehow they don't win a national championship. No, That's I, not the vibe I get from the OU softball fan base. No, I, I don't think that would happen either. Now, they might get some from some you know, account, you know, some dude posting like an Oklahoma fan. You know how that goes. I'm not saying they wouldn't get any uh, negative blowback, but it would be minimal, very minimal. So, uh, so And anyway. plus, you'd know that they're going to be right back there playing for another championship next year. Yeah. If that happens in football, mm-hmm. for instance, oh, yeah. the 2017 Rose Bowl, I remember my thought after that game ended, and they're showing the camera shots of Baker Mayfield just kind of with a stunned look on his face, collegiate career over at the hands of Kirby Smart and Jake Fromm. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I remember thinking, man, I don't know when OU gets that close again. I don't know when they have a team that special again. I don't know if that happens anytime soon. With OU softball, if for whatever reason they don't win the national title over Florida State this year, it's like, well, okay, they'll be playing for another title in Oklahoma City next year. True. Don't really got to sweat it. That is true. All right, 405-651-3439. But I would compare it again to the – and like I said, Billy's 88 team was the best team in the country. Now, they weren't as dominant as this softball team is because this softball team has been, like I said, particularly if they win this in two games, to me there's no argument that they're the greatest team of all time when you consider all the accomplishments they would have had uh, or will have if they get it done. And and I firmly believe, again, that they're going to get this done. I don't think there's any team that can beat this OU team twice. Now, again, Florida State's not going to be a pushover, but um, it's going to be interesting. All right, 405-651-3439, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet, Texas. Uh, here you go from the 405. The team is great, but their behavior is uncalled for. Look, a lot of that depends on your era. I will say the first time I saw Brito throw the bat down that hard and go crazy, I thought, oh, that's a little much. But that's that's how they do it, and they, I don't think there's any taunting of the other team going on. You saw, and people, you know, when it comes to their teams, they can be like the fifth graders, but did you see what they did? You know? <laughs> like, did you see what Jimmy did? And the other one was, did you see what Stanford's girl did, waving goodbye? Yes, a lot of that stuff goes on. It doesn't really bother me. Do I, I think maybe a little bit of it is over the top, but most of the celebrating, the one on the walk, I think maybe is a little bit over the top just because it's a walk, but they're celebrating because they've got a base. They've got a chance to score. I believe what they're saying when they're answering those questions. And uh, Well, let's hear what Elisa Brito had to say. 
we've got that clip uh, about taking some criticism again. Uh, you heard from Patty Gasso, and we played the Jada Coleman clip yesterday. Here's what Alyssa Brito said uh, in the media gathering the other day. I think understanding that no one's ever going to be happy no matter what. You know, you can't satisfy anyone, and that's not why we play this game, and that's not why we're here doing what we're doing is to satisfy anyone. Um, so I'm just – I think for me, I'm going to stay being who I am and stay true to who I am, and if that's that passion that I have – offends anyone it's just kind of like okay you know it's it's I'm not gonna allow anyone to kind of change my game and um and I think that's a huge thing that we stress here is there's a reason why um we have an excellence and a standard here and that's because we have never changed for anyone exactly who we are um so I think just carrying that mentality throughout this champ series and the rest of the way is a huge thing but um just not really feeding into what the negative talk is and focusing on the good things, and that's exactly in our circle um, and on this team. There you go. Somebody on the text line said, if they don't like her slamming her bat down, they ought to pitch her strikes and see where that gets them. Yeah, that's true. Good point. All right. uh, Well, I want to get to one one more really good text. As disappointing as it would be for the fans, it would not be as close to how disappointed the team would be. They live the challenge daily. And I I think that's so true, and I think the reason is because – if you consider the professional softball circuit, Steely, it's not the behemoth that no. most professional this, sports leagues are. So this is like as great as Jocelyn Allo is, and you know, with the spark and everything, her biggest moments happen with the OU softball team. Now, I hope professional softball grows bigger and better. I truly hope it does. But as of now, th- those are going to be her biggest moments. Well, and college just, softball legend. And I just think about the average college football player and how bought in they are to the success of their team. And I think back to the 2021 football team, Steel mm-hmm. at Oklahoma, and I heard from numerous sources all throughout that season, man, there are so many guys in that locker room that they don't care whether they win or not. They're just concerned about getting to the next level and getting their back. So to those guys, and that's not to suggest that football players in general aren't bought in because there are some that certainly are but there are also some guys that could care less about how much success they have at the collegiate level they're concerned about their individual success and eventual wealth for these girls the national title at the collegiate level in softball is arguably the peak of the sport for them and winning you know winning an olympic medal with softball back or something like that could uh, you know, surpass it and for some of those girls. But this is this is their time right now. They are legends already and can become even bigger legends by winning this championship. All right, take a break. Coming back, Cade McFarland will talk Sooner softball. And maybe drop some football in there too next, right here on The Ref. All right, we are back. Joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline, Notre Dame fanatic and Channel 2 Sports Director Cade McFarland from Tulsa. Can you guarantee this audience a Notre Dame victory over Mule Shoe this fall? <laughs> no. No, I wish I could. Oh, I uh, I I don't want to I don't want to root for for injuries, but gosh, if Caleb Williams sprained his ankle or something the week before, that That'd be all right. Um, no, I can't. I can't. Yeah, you're sounding like me thing. now. Here, yeah, yeah, that's right. If he's, out, if he's out and gets speared by a sailfish, it's no nah, big deal. Yeah, no, pro- no problem with that. 
Uh, Notre Dame's got to deal with Lincoln Riley and Garrett Riley next year. And Ohio State comes to town. Wow, yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not feeling great. Not feeling great. I'd take 9-3 and three at this point, Steely. Muleshoe Mule Jr. is uh, also an enemy of the state. Any uh, Anybody uh, from Muleshoe? Yeah, what did he ever do to us? Well, you know, there's just he – well, he just – you know, they're kind of rolling right now and recruiting, yeah. right? And uh, That's right. He's associated with Muleshoe, so he also is not allowed to come into the state of Oklahoma without being arrested. So, Parker, do you have a serious question? Well, I was about to say there's some there's some common ground between you and Oklahoma fans, Caden, oh, <laughs> because absolutely. when you said I'd take nine and three, I think most OU fans are in the same boat with regard to their <laughs> team, and I think it's it's a year in college football where it seems like a lot of programs are just kind of resetting expectations. Now, as we look ahead to this fall, obviously Alabama's got to replace Bryce Young. Georgia's got to replace Stetson Bennett. Uh, Ohio State has to replace C.J. Replace Stroud. And so you look at the teams in the upper echelon of college football, and it seems like everybody has to at least replace a starting quarterback, which obviously is the most important position on the field. What's your overall thoughts slash outlook as to the landscape of college football this fall and whether we could be in for a few more surprises along the lines of the run that TCU made a year ago. Yeah, I, th- I think potentially it's more fun with regard to what the final outcome will be than what we've grown accustomed to here in recent years. I would still put Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State at the very top just in terms of overall talent. They have recruited better for several years in a row. I, I, I just don't think one through 85 – Anybody can match them. But everything you mentioned with regard to quarterbacks, uh, you know, needing to be replaced and some players that have left via the portal, you could see all three of those teams taking a bit of a step back and not being what we think of as vintage, you know, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State over the last half decade or so. It opens the door. I mean, I've talked to you guys about it a few weeks ago. It makes me absolutely sick to my stomach, but I kind of think USC can get into that mix. And if they get in the playoff, I don't think anybody wants to face a healthy Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley, uh, as much as I hate to admit it. Uh, But that's a team that absolutely has holes as well. I think the door is open for a team like LSU. That's not a perfect roster either. Uh, All the connections with Notre Dame and Oklahoma, right? Uh, But I, I think LSU is a team that could be poised uh, to jump in there. I, I, I do think I, the 65-7 to 7 Georgia TCU finish, um, I, obviously it was a great reminder that recruiting is the lifeblood of college football. It's what matters most. And to win a national championship, traditionally, man, you got to recruit at the highest of levels. But maybe, just maybe, this is a year where one of those top three teams, maybe all three of them get tripped up um, you know, even before the playoff, potentially. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know that I would call for it. I, I think, you know, that was – I'm, I'm, I'm going to take back my USC National Championship pick, if you don't mind. I just want to think about that for a little bit. Maybe I'll put it back out there. Think about it for a little bit. But it does feel like maybe more of an open season. You mentioned OU and fans taking 9-3. and three. Isn't it just so weird, one, that this is the final year of the Big 12, but two, not feeling confident at all – in an OU is going to win the Big 12 championship pick. I mean, I, I had them going 11-1 and one last year. I look at the schedule this year, 
and it's hard to find losses. But I also don't want to be that jabroni who's like, hey, OU's going to go 12-0 and or 11-1 and based on what happened last year. I, like, I could see that happening. I can talk myself into Oklahoma having that kind of season. Uh, but, gosh, it doesn't, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like they've earned that. And, and it makes it – I mean, fellas, I don't know if you're going to vote in the Big 12 poll, but are we going to have Texas number one? How do we feel about that? Can we sleep at night? Man, if that's the case? it is it is hard to pick a, a winner. It really is because you it think is. Texas. I mean, if you look at the roster, I know Urban Meyer thinks they're like the '78 Steelers or something. But <laughs> you know, um, you you still think, yeah, they no, they'll they got to prove it to us. Yes, too, right? absolutely, they do. And you know, TCU are they better? Is that program in really good shape right now? Yes, but you know, last year was one of those special seasons. Yeah. I don't know. Oklahoma, in my mind, if they play and that defense improves and they make more plays, you know, on, on crucial downs and win those close games, they should have a chance to compete for the Big 12 championship with that schedule. You know, I liked what I saw from the defense in the spring game. It continues to worry me. I mean, how many defensive linemen are they going to take, Parker? Like, that, that worries. Do they still not like what they have in that room even now? You know, that they took a guy, what, just this last week? Uh, I, I don't. I don't know. Um, I, I I felt really good about a lot of the guys they brought in on defense. I feel like they're going to have several new starters, uh, but I don't know that for sure. You know, I, I can't say that just based on the spring game. And if we're still taking defensive linemen, I mean, maybe that's just a numbers thing. Maybe yeah. I shouldn't read too much into that. But I don't know. Interesting to me. What do you think of the newcomers in the landscape of this Big Twelve? Okay, and you, when you think about yeah. BYU, UCF, Houston. And uh, oh, Cincinnati jumping into action. You think any of those teams have what it takes to contend for a berth in the conference championship game in year one? Yeah, no, I, I'll be pleasantly surprised, uh, or at least a little bit happy with it if I'm proven wrong. But I just I don't take any of them seriously at the moment. Uh, maybe I should. Uh, BYU, now that's not to say they're not going to win some games, but as a as a conference championship contender, no. I one. I think that Houston and Cincinnati, certainly the Houston of a couple of years ago, the Cincinnati of a couple of years ago, they would come in and wreck shop in the Big 12. But I think both have have taken a step back. I think UCF is potentially ascending, but just not quite there yet. You know, year three under Malzahn. They're one that I certainly have my eye on. And I think BYU has settled into a place where they're not the BYU that we think of back in the day with Lavelle Edwards where they're throwing the ball over the yard. Like, it's very different. They, mm-hmm. they play, you know, more smash-mouth football, and I'm just not sure they're ready. I don't know that they have the, the skill uh, to come into this league at, at this moment and really scare people a whole lot. So I, I don't take any of them seriously as conference championship contenders. If I'm proven wrong, I think it'll be a fun season. Like, I, I hope that happens. I just – I can't talk myself into it yet. I mean, I look at the recruiting rankings, yeah. and those four schools aren't, you know, they're not, they're not with OU in Texas, so I, just, I can't, you know, pick any of them to go jump to the, the head of the class. It's more about which trip you're looking forward to most, Cincinnati with the, uh, with oh. the Chili or the BYU, and I would say it would be BYU, well, Provo, definitely. Def- definitely not the Chili. My brother lives in Dayton, Ohio, so that is the one I'm looking forward to the most because I get to see family, but BYU – I mean that that's the spot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't know if we've talked. You guys, we have talked before. I don't like the state of Florida. We've we've established this, right? This is ground. We yes, we have we of, have very clearly established this. <laughs> of, of of all the cities I know of in the state of Florida, Orlando is my least favorite. The city beautiful, the, I, the city boring is what it is. I no, I like. 
uh, have zero interest in the UCF trip, pretty much have zero interest in the Houston trip. But BYU, I'm down. And Cincinnati, yeah. for family reasons, I'm down. Have you have you heard that apparently they give away free ice cream at BYU? I, yeah, I heard be like, that too. Yes. Yeah, Tyler McComas was talking about it can a couple I weeks ago. That's, can I guess the flavor? You want to take a shot? I I bet it's vanilla. There you Plain go. Plain vanilla. That's ding, right. ding, ding. All we of have the Sooners, man, they've had uh, BYU issues there, 0-2 against BYU. All right, about a minute left. We were just talking about this. Uh, how would the state and, the, well, Sooner Nation react if somehow this OU softball team did not win the championship? Now, mm. we both think they will, but I was thinking back to, like, the 88 Oklahoma basketball team, which I clearly believe was the best team in the country that yeah. year. They just didn't get it done. But what are your thoughts on this uh, series beginning tonight? And uh, the Sooners, again, you know, they, they've been the story with this winning streak and got a chance maybe to be regarded as the greatest single season in women's softball history, but you got to go out and win it now. That, that's a great comparison. I don't know that you can put it, it – it's not apples to apples because – Basketball still hasn't won that thing. Uh, and softball's got so many national championships in their pocket, and they'll have the, the record win streak. Like, it would be a bummer, but this program is still the best in the country, all things considered. I do think it goes three games. I, not because they're feeling the pressure of the win streak or anything like that. I just think Florida State is really, really good. Played a close game in Norman back in March, and just watching that team, like, they have really impressed me. I, I think there could be one run rule game. In, in this bunch, but I'm not really expecting that. I think Florida State gets one. I, I think this goes goes all three games. Yep. All right. Hey, thank you, Caden. We always appreciate it. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. you bet. Thanks, fellas. All right, Caden McFarland joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Uh, Big Rich in Oklahoma City also says 78 OU football, also best in the country. Yep, unfortunately, they had all those fumbles in Lincoln, Nebraska. Got revenge against the Huskers in the Orange Bowl, but I believe, yes, that team is the best in the country. And the other thing I think about basketball was you're thinking, Oklahoma's about ready to win a national basketball championship, you know, or, or an NCAA basketball championship. Hasn't been done. So, that one stung quite a bit. But, look, I think the softball team's going to take care of business. I think it's going to be two games, but we'll see. All right, stay with us. Coming right back to wrap it up here on The Ref. All right, we're going to get locked in at the uh, top of the hour. Have you guys been playing, like, sad violin music? I, I mean, I get to catch a lot of the uh, first segment, but have you dropped in any sad violin music during uh, Locked In? No, we're not feeding into the doom and gloom, Steely. We're trying to keep things upbeat. Sometimes getting down and gloomy can uh, be good for you. Can it? No, probably not. It's like uh, Adventures in Babysitting. Nobody gets out of here with, without singing the blues. Did you ever see that, Elizabeth Shue? No, I have absolutely no context for what you're referencing. Ladies and gentlemen, record that comment right there, and uh, that is the essence of the uh, Steely and Thune program <laughs> right here. <laughs> Pretty much. You know, we think it'd be good if we get an old guy with a young guy. Yes. I'm the old guy, in case you didn't know. Probably not. I will based commend on my you. You've done you've done a pretty good job picking up on the uh, new school lingo, like mid. You said I could only use mid. Yeah, you have until August. Until mid August, which is my 60th birthday, which is going to be. They used to talk about sad violin music. Jeez. <laughs> How would you like to be celebrated that day? 
You know, I'm not a big birthday celebrator. I'm definitely not. Hey, it's my birthday month. That guy. Oh, birthday month. If you announce that it's your birthday month, you might have a problem with narcissism. What do you think? I just find it bizarre. Like, no, you have a birthday. You do not have a birth month. The month is not about you. You know what that is. Today, okay, you can have it. That is somebody saying, be aware, you're going to have to give my ass a present real soon. That's what they're saying. Exactly. That's what, it's my birthday month. I don't know. That always looks weird to me. I'm like, jeez. Okay. This society, with the selling out and announcing your birthday month, I'm telling you, we are going straight to, you know, wearing a handbasket. Did we ever figure out what a handbasket was? I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, Something, isn't it? It's some, it's, kind, of, it's some a- kind of vehicle that takes you straight to hell, apparently, the handbasket, right? Man, I tell you, long before I met my lovely fiancé, I did date a girl that was a birthday month girl. The first of the month would roll around, I'd be like, oh, no. Oh, no. Here we go. I mean, we're everybody. We're such a I need attention society now more than we've ever been because of social media. But you're probably in the top two percent of I need attention if you're announcing it's your birthday month. Now, if you want to say, "Hey, it's my birthday today," I'm fine with that. By the uh-huh. way, you've got to pass my rules here. Don't announce your birthday month. All right, just I mean, if it's like, what if your birthday's like? In July, and it's July 3rd. Can you say it's my birthday month? Hey, just say my birthday's coming up in three days. That's fine. But it's my birthday month. You know. Because for most of us, nobody gives a rat's ass that it's your birthday month. Now, we, we will care on your actual birthday. These are some more rules. Can I write down some commandments? Yes, Steely, as... As the talk radio legend of this oh, state, yeah, right, yeah, 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 you right. are fully capable of setting the rules. You know In who fact, an, it's your obligation to set the you rules. You know who probably announces it's his birthday month? Mule Shoe. <laughs> or Caleb Williams with his painted fingernails. See, I've turned on him, too. Should, could we kick every Riley out of this state? Would that be extreme? Are there any Rileys left in this state? I don't know. Of that family, at least? Not of that family. But just somebody, anybody out there with the last name Riley? Mm, that's tough. I know a few of those. Are they good Rileys? Yeah, they're good Rileys. I don't, I don't want to kick them out. Very questionable. They might be spying for mule shoe. You never know. So, anyway, that, you know, we're just teaching you how to lead, as Wilford Brimley said. We're teaching you how to lead a better life, is what we're doing What here. is talk radio for? if not for establishing expectations and guidelines mm-hmm. for all of life. Probably. Plus, the recruiting news is just not good, so you got to goof around more. <laughs> so, anyway. I, I think that Tyler, he's a man who, uh, you know, gets in there and does a lot of editing like I do. I think Tyler can come up with a sad violin for you, probably. Or you can find one on YouTube. Please open with sad violin music so I can hear it on the way home. I'll consider it. Okay, come on, do it. I'll bring you an energy drink or something tomorrow. Might spend a little extra on that wedding gift.
Okay. Sad violin. Not music. an energy drink guy, so let's go with the wedding gift plan. Okay, there you go. All right, we got to get out of here. Thank you, Riverwind Casino, for all you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And get out to Beats and Bites, Gin Blossoms and Tonic this weekend. Tickets, Riverwind.com. They're only 10 bucks. Be a great show, great food, great music, outdoors. Get out there. We'll see you.